Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. This is not your father's USFL. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Wednesday and... Part of my routine every morning, roll out of the rack, and I have saved, I believe they're called favorite places or bookmarks. Uh, I have a lot of websites saved, and so I just start going down, and I try the best I can to read the the local newspaper, the digital version, obviously, from Lexington, Gainesville, Tuscaloosa, Winston-Salem. I'll go to Boston College, or at least like the Boston Globe. Are they covering the Boston College football team today? Oh, look, an article. So I, I, I do that every morning. And I noticed this morning in almost every online version of a newspaper where there is a college program of any note in that same market, there was a summary article about the first day of the USFL draft. And I've told you that I've, done, I've talked about this plenty, but I was with the Arena League uh, doing color on their games, TV and radio, for eight seasons, I think, or nine. I think it's actually nine when you include Comcast. So, And the big selling point was anytime a team, any team in the, uh, in the Arena League, anytime they would sign a player, if that player had any connection to an NFL franchise, an NFL practice squad, but drafted, but you know, released before the doesn't matter. Was in camp with the Giants and the Panthers. Uh, okay. If there was somebody that was on the practice squad and got a Super Bowl ring, well, you put that on the cover of your. And this was in a different league in the Arena League, so that was always the connection. Was it's almost like you're going to get credit. Hey, you may want to come see this because. He played for the Dolphins. That was that sort of thing. Like, we're going to try to glom onto some credit. That's what the USFL is doing right now with some of the players that are being drafted and some of their connections to maybe some fan bases around America that could be interested. Uh, the Michigan Panthers, round one yesterday, and I read this at um, whatever's M.com or MLive.com, I believe it is. Uh, Shea Patterson, Michigan Panthers, they're a team going to play up in Detroit. And they were part of the original USFL, just like all of these brands and franchises were. So the Michigan Panthers, with the first pick in round one, which every team drafted a quarterback in round one. Do you know how the draft works? All of these players have already signed contracts with the league. 
And so if you signed a contract with the league, the league then took all the players in a certain position and said, all right, they're all the quarterbacks. Draft from those. We signed a bunch of uh, defensive ends. All right, now we're going to have a round where everybody drafts defensive ends. So the first round was quarterbacks. Michigan Panthers drafted Shea Patterson from Michigan. And it's a decent enough selling point, I suppose, if the games were actually going to be played in Michigan. Dan, do you know where the USFL is going to play? I think in the home Birmingham. Areas? Oh. Like, all the games are going to be in Birmingham. Ew. Like, like not just the Birmingham style, all the games. When Birmingham plays Michigan, that game will be in Birmingham. When Tampa plays Michigan, that game will be in Birmingham. Until the draft last night and then a couple of the promos during the Super Bowl, I oh. completely forgot about the USFL, to be honest. You are not in error. You are not deficient, Dan. When I say this is not your father's USFL, uh, there are eight teams that they're starting with, and they all have a lineage, I guess, going back to the USFL that played for three seasons in the mid-'80s. Um, this USFL is drafting players who have already signed contracts with the league, and it is a very small pool, small-ish pool. Uh, and every single paper that I read this morning in a local area had – here are the Alabama players that have been drafted by the USFL. Here are the LSU players. Here are the NC State players. When I said this isn't your father's USFL, his USFL played three seasons, signed three straight Heisman Trophy winners. Your USFL drafting guys who couldn't really play in college. And I'm not trying to be crappy here, but they did have an offensive tackle round. Round uh, five and six, they were both offensive tackle rounds. Calvin Ashley got drafted. Calvin Ashley was a five-star recruit out of the state of Florida, went to Auburn, could not play, had one start. It was a Saturday against Mississippi State. Montez Sweat ate that kid up. So Calvin, again, five-star recruit. He transfers to FAMU, plays for the Rattlers some, and but there COVID and just stuff didn't happen for him. So he big giant kid and apparently a good student, smart, works hard, you know, great attitude, just couldn't play at the SEC level. And I don't remember seeing I remember he was playing at FAMU, but I don't remember if he was an all star or stood out or anything. But that was Calvin Ashley. Calvin Ashley just got drafted by a team with their second draft pick of an offensive tackle. Well, you're gonna start to. And so he, at least at this point, would be in the starting lineup. Calvin Ashley, and this is, I'm just, I am identifying one kid that I, and, and there are others. There are a lot of others I looked at, and I'm like, mm, he wasn't that good in college. And now the, this is a this is a pro league. Now, the reason I say, you know, his USFL, your dad's USFL, my USFL, three seasons, signed three straight Heisman Trophy winners, including one who wasn't eligible yet, Herschel Walker. It was supposed to be a direct competition and a threat and force a merger with the NFL. That didn't work. Please understand that in the USFL, the mid-80s version, I said three straight players who won the Heisman. Herschel Walker, Mike Rozier, and Doug Flutie. All three Heisman Trophy winners when the USFL was inexistent, boom, straight off to the USFL. And please understand that there were other USFL players who didn't win the Heisman, like Steve Young and Reggie White and Jim Kelly. They didn't win the Heisman. 
They're all in Canton now in the Hall of Fame. Sam Mills, too. Anthony Carter, Bobby Bear, Kelvin Bryant, Nate Newton, plus a bunch of guys jumping from the NFL to the USFL like Doug Williams, who was a Super Bowl MVP. Brian Sipe, who was a regular season MVP. This was supposed to be enough of a threat that it could force a merger. That's not what this league is. This league is supposed to be a well-enough-financed with enough TV partners and enough legitimate pedigree to NFL, which is the only league that really matters in pro football on any sort of large scale. It's, it's supposed to be almost a feeder league, a Petri dish. If you are too good to stop playing, but you're not the 53rd man on the roster, maybe you're the 54th, we're going to give you a shot here. So it's not your daddy's USFL, which... They raided the NFL. They took big-time players. They got top kids coming out of college. That's not what this is, but it doesn't mean it has to be bad. It just isn't trying in any way, shape, form, or concept to challenge the NFL. What I think this will be is the best non-NFL football since the USFL that played in 1983, 1984, 1985. And that means we can get a mostly good football fix when and if we want it in the NFL's offseason. And that is a positive. We're going to break. Come back with Chuck Oliver Show next. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. We wanted to go earlier than we've ever gone before uh, and, uh, you know, get them into the playbook, get them around um, our new offensive staff, new offensive scheme, and uh, put the ball down and, and get to work. Jeff Collins, George Tech head coach, explaining sort of why Tech is starting spring practice actually tomorrow. And they're going to want to get done, I think, by their spring break. And they didn't want to send the kids away. And they've got other dates to figure in. So if he starts now, he can get it done and then send the kids off. Um, He's got a mess on his hands. In my opinion, is he's going to get fired uh, at the end of November. Now, it could be so bad that he gets fired earlier than that. And as long as there is the early signing period and the transfer portal and everything else that has, I mean, for, do you realize for decades, decades and decades and decades and decades and decades, the NCAA didn't change anything over the course of about a year and a half that changed everything. And so, uh, Jeff Collins, he's, he's in, he's in a jackpot right now. He is absolutely in the soup. So he is trying to get spring practice started early and, 
Uh, then he's going to have to deal with the transfer portal as well because he has a lot of players who are just now adding to the number of tech guys who have done uh, gotten into the portal. I talked about that yesterday that it's uh, premier players. Got like, um, you know, Jameer Gibbs, he's already gone, but Jemias Griffin, another really good running back that – now, this is not just Georgia Tech. This is not just, you know, any individual player. I'm saying what coaches are realizing now is that players who absolutely were going to transfer all along are waiting until, in some cases, the eve of spring practice because I want to stay with the program as long as possible, get my off-season training, get my work in, my nutrition, all of that stuff. But I'm not going to risk getting injured. So just before we actually have to hit the field, I'm going to hit the portal. It is another reason that it would be an advantage for a coach to start spring practice early because at that point you're going to realize who's in, who's out because there are kids like, and again, um, every kid making his own, I guess, best deal for himself, but spring practice was the opportunity to elevate yourself. Now, that's if you're interested in elevating yourself on that depth chart. Jemias Griffin says, I'm not interested in elevating myself on this depth chart anymore. Jameer Gibbs didn't need to elevate himself. He was already, he's as talented as any running back in America. And if anyone is interested in really returning punts and kicks, I'd let him do that. Remember Todd Gurley at Georgia? Every time Mark Rick did not have him returning kicks, I said, you realize the best player on the field you're choosing to give him a play like out in, like on offense or defense, give them a playoff there. Put the kid on special teams. You know, most coaches, not most coaches, I'm going to take that back. Do you know what it's very easy to find covering kicks? It's not all structured like at Texas A&M, but it's some walk-ons. And it's a lot of backups, and it's a lot of really talented football players who happen to be 18 or 19 and just can't crack the starting lineups. So dump them on special teams. If the kid is mentally engaged and using his athleticism and skills and all that other stuff, then that's fine. Most times a kid, what is Dan playing special teams? That's viewed as punishment sometimes, or I'm not good enough, right? Well, I mean, players view it that way, but in the NFL, it's viewed as I can have a job. Ding, ding, ding. And so we can get to the league. It's totally different. Uh, You mind playing special teams? I got a game check. I got $41,000 for playing special teams Sunday. No, I'm good with it. But in college, in high school? What am I doing on punt team? I'd put him back there every single time. So Jameer Gibbs, he can do all that stuff. That's who Jeff Collins has been losing. Right up to the eve of spring practice, which again on the flats is tomorrow. They've got some interesting pieces still. But there will be, I'm going to say, I will say there are four starters week one who are not in the program yet. That's... That's the hornet's nest that Jeff Collins is almost forced to jump into because he was won three games and he's won three games and he can't win three games again. So that's kind of what he's looking at. He's got to improve, and the only way for him to get there is going to be through the transfer portal, and that is always a, a minefield anyway. But at a place like Georgia Tech where you've gone, let's see, three wins, three wins, three wins. Yeah, that's it place like Georgia Tech, you do throw in the added, um, I guess, curveball of the academics. So it's not easy to get in. It's doable. It's not easy to stay eligible. It's doable. But it takes more to get in and stay eligible, even as a football player. 
at Georgia Tech than it does at a lot of other places. So, I mean, he's looking around. There, are no, there, there aren't a lot of right answers for him. Dan, how are you today? Stability does not say what you just said right nah. there in year four. Nah. That it year doesn't four, look like year four. In year four, you're looking for three or four guys in your own program that are now finally looking to as a redshirt sophomore or maybe even a true junior to get their opportunity to show what they can do as a starter on your team. Not somebody who's not in your program right now. So, yeah, to say it's a mess is uh, an understatement beyond belief. Uh, the other part, too, that you were talking about with special teams is remember as well, that is very much a Nick Saban thing to play his best players on special teams because remember when Zamir White retore his ACL, he did it once in high school, did it again in college. Kirby Smart brought that up when people were like, why was he on special teams? He goes, well, did you guys know that Derrick Henry was on special teams at Alabama? So well, some coaches believe in it, yeah. some don't. Uh, who's got the opposite problem of Jeff Collins right now is somebody who truly has it figured out, and that's Lane Kiffin is I think that Lane Kiffin finally took an approach kind of like I've talked about before with Dabo Sweeney of a measured approach of when I offer you a scholarship I'm offering you I'm not just throwing these out like it's chum for jaws to come up to the surface and maybe we can drag him back to the shore in this case right here I'm offering to you because it is exclusive it is the one that we want and you're the one that we want so in this case right here with Lane Kiffin is I think that he is saying I can't out recruit Nick Saban. I can't out-recruit Brian Kelly. I can't out-recruit Kirby Smart, but what I can do is I can show you that my offense works. We know that that's the case. I can also show you that we can win enough here at Ole Miss. That's the case as well. And also that this is a great place to play. Those three things, what does that lead you to believe? The transfer portal. He is kind of giving us a roadmap for everybody because what's the thing we talk about all the time with Ole Miss, and not only Ole Miss, but Mississippi State. In-state recruiting, it's not that great. you got to go outside. So in this case with Lane Kiffin, he's saying, oh, we're still willing to go outside, but I'm not so confident that we're going to get the player that we want out of Texas or Tennessee or Florida or Georgia or wherever that might be. But I am confident that we can get the guy out of the transfer portal who can look at it and say, yeah, that's the program that I believe can I, I, that I believe I can take to the next level, and that's a program that we can win at. So, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Lane Kiffin's got it figured out. Shane Beamer, to a large extent, starting to get it figured out. A lot of coaches at programs that fit this bill right here, the transfer portal, that's your friend. You supplement through recruiting, or you, you build through recruiting, you supplement through the transfer portal. That works in the pros. It needs to work in college. Ole Miss is the OG as far as the transfer portal. If you go, like, way, way, way back, remember it was Jevin Sneed? Um, who's the kid that smoked all the weed? Um uh, boy, that's unfair. Uh, Masoli, Jer- Jeremiah Masoli. Hang on. All right, I'm gonna take. I said that's unfair, but you knew. All right, I take back the unfair label. I said smokes weed, and you're like, oh yeah, Jeremiah Masoli. Uh, they had a kid who transferred in. I want to say from West Virginia. Um, they went like three, four straight years with transfer quarterbacks, and this is going back a decade ago. Um, oh, and Jordan Tamu. Yeah, he trained. He got uh, he got drafted. He's another one of those guys that got drafted in the USFL. Uh, their quarterback round yesterday. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show big shout out Florida's Emerald Coast Ticket Sports Network down yonder, Pensacola, Fort Worth. That's uh, Fort Worth. Fort Walton Beach coming on. 56 sticks now carrying the show every day, nine states. Uh, so I appreciate everybody making that happen. And if you listen on Wednesdays, I know who you are going to hear. Every Wednesday, bottom of hour one, uh, finish all the way to the top of the hour from LandryFootball.com. It is Chris Landry. Chris, how you doing today? Chuck, I'm doing well. How how goes it with you? Oh, I'm very blessed. Uh, I'm a little jealous of you. Um, let's just go ahead and preview. Next Wednesday is one of There's like five Wednesdays a year where you're not on. Uh, next we- Senior Bowl week, et cetera. Next Wednesday, you're going to be in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, what is your travel schedule, and when do you get back? Like, what, How many days are you actually on site doing the work? Yeah, I'm going to have to go. We're looking at it today. I think I'm probably going to have to get out of here on Sunday now. We've got... Um, um, we got some pre combine meetings and then, uh, it's a, it's going to be all week. It's, it's a really convention time. Yeah. It's a convention for everybody. And, and it's really the start of the league year in the NFL. Um, it's March 16th. So this is kind of the precursor to that. So a lot of that going on. Uh, it's also where the convention for the video directors, the trainers, the agents, you name it, personnel directors, head coaches, they have all of that. And then, of course, all the workouts and also it'll be an entire um, it basically will get started next week. Um, but it'll it'll take place really starting on uh, on Tuesday and then uh, all the way through the following Monday, which is what the seventh and then well, really the eighth uh, when we start to come back. Um, so we'll be uh, actually I'm looking at it. You know, we uh, yeah. Yeah. So the ninth is when I'll be back with you. Help me with quarterbacks because I get hung up on that doesn't look right. Um, and I was mentioning it wasn't with you, but I was talking last week. I was like, folks, there's a guy named Neil O'Donnell. There's a guy named Scott Mitchell. I said they weren't necessarily great quarterbacks, but by golly, they looked right. Big, strong, broad-shouldered guys stand in the pocket, whip the ball downfield. Um, I know that's not what the quarterback position is anymore, but I look at Sam Howell, I'm like, that doesn't look right. Matt Corral doesn't look – Kenny Pickett looks kind of right. Carson Strong does. Tell me to get over that. Well, I think that, you know, the – first of all, the style and how it looks is not important. It's just the quickness of which you can release. So a lot of times it's Baker doesn't look right to me. No, I mean, I had Kozar, and that, nothing looked right with him. And, 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 you know, look, I mean, if you look at the release points of um, of uh, Patrick Mahomes, it is like whatever it needs to be. I mean, it's underhanded if it needs to be. So it is uh, one of those things um, that, you know, I think that, that you have to look at and say, what's the, the, the speed of the release as well as – 
the release point, meaning the height of it, and in coinciding with your with the height of the quarterback. So, in other words, you can be six feet if you've got a high release. It, it, you could be six three and have a lower release. So the ball is actually coming out lower and more tippable, if you will, yeah. inventing a word. So it really is the combination of that. Where do you have to do it? And it's not that a guy can't play if he has this release, but it's, okay, what is his style? What are we going to have to deal with? And, you know, is he, you know, if he's, if he's a guy that we're going to have to move the pocket a little bit more, is he athletic enough to find the throwing lanes uh, with his feet? So, I mean, Drew Brees is six feet. Russell Wilson is less than that, but they can find the throwing lanes with their feet. If you're a slow, immobile 5'11", well, then how are you going to find the throwing lanes? If you can't slide and find them, you're going to have to get deep in your drops. So Kyler Murray, very athletic. He gets really deep in drops. It's not, you know, five and seven step drops. It's nine, it's 11, it's way back there, and he's moving around because he can't get the ball out on a three-step drop and throw it over linemen. He has to find a way to throw around them. So it's really more about what a guy can do, what a guy can't do. And the quarterback position is no – well, it's more important than any other, but it is just like any other in that when you evaluate the skill set, it's not about – well, he's good enough. He's not good enough is how are we going to utilize him? So you need to know if you're going to draft the guy as an edge rusher, that he's got the speed to be an edge rusher and not a guy who's just a guy that can play at the point of attack and, and push the pocket, but can't, can't get around the edge. Quarterbacks are no different. How, what type of quarterback is he? How are you going to have to utilize him? And then, you know, to me, it comes down to the ability to make plays or how do you make plays? Well, quarterbacks, as a passer comes down to two things, knowing where to go with the football, getting it out on time and accurately. And and if you can do those things, you can work around the other things and try to figure out, okay, now we got, we got enough, you know, ingredients to work with. We just got to make the meal taste good. And that's actually, I mean, I know, you know, Jim Nagy, when he was with Seattle, um, I was asking about Russell. He's like, Russell's just shy of six feet, but he throws six, three. It's, awareness and mechanics and understanding what you're going to do and so russell's height is just something that has been quote fixed um meanwhile paxton lynch is like i don't know seven two and he just got drafted by the usfl so i i I fully understand looks is just looks but i when i say it doesn't look right i always i mean it's at least a little pink flag to me when i've got a quarterback who's 5 11 and 15 16 it just it just it's always tough for me to get past that tell me if you can crystal ball four years five years down the road what do you suspect about malik willis I think he is got a chance to be really good. I was impressed with him at the Senior Bowl. I just knew him by reputation, as I often do with some of these guys. But spending time with him, I was – I don't – it is unfair to say I was surprised, but – so I'm going to say this in a positive. Not that I didn't expect him to be well-spoken or really a good kid. I, I, I'd heard that. I was surprised at how engaging – how bright um, I think he's exceptional in, in terms of that. And I think those are really good things that are going to, going to allow him to grow. Now, um, Hugh will tell you this. And he actually, I saw him at the senior bowl. He said that there's a lot of things we didn't even get around to teaching him because of, you know, what we needed to do here as opposed to what he's going to do there. So I think what he's going to be is a guy that's got good movement skills. He has got a gun for an arm 
and I think he's a playmaker. And I think he plays well under pressure, and he has a good sense and feel for the pocket. But I do think he's raw. He's unrefined. It takes time. The only thing which scare me is, as often is the case, these guys go with teams that are not very good, and people expect, oh, I saw him play two yep. games. This guy's this guy stinks. Um, you know, it takes a good twenty starts to know what a guy is or isn't at the quarterback position. I mean, oh, it, you can't you can't sit there and evaluate and say, oh, that guy's really good. That guy's really bad. You you don't know anything until you've got at least. 20 starts, not 20 games, but 20 starts. So if you've got five starts in 20 games, you, you haven't you touched the surface of what you need to know in the evaluation process of yep. a player I, at the NFL level. I was actually mentioning with a call. I think this was off air. I don't think it was on the show. I was talking about Benny Testaverde. He's the first overall pick at Tampa. Chris, people go back and look. His first two years he started, he threw 57 interceptions. And he wound up 20 years later. He was gun-shy. That kid's career, he could have been flying right off the charts as a 24-year-old and been done. 20 years later, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Um, and he is one of those big squares. He looked like a nightclub bouncer, like a guy working the door. Vinny Test, a big, square-shouldered, strong-armed guy. And it was exactly – he went to a horrible situation and could have washed out of the league completely. Yeah, and he doesn't really, you know, he was around a lot of talent at Miami, and they did a – look, he made mistakes. I mean, if you go back and look at the 87 Fiesta Bowl against Penn State, five and picks. they turned the football over all over the place, and it was one of those games that you looked at and said, clearly Penn State was outcoached. Um kind of in a creepy way you think about what a great game plan jerry sandusky had i know that's yeah. not what we think of jerry but what a great job that those guys did uh Giftophilus and those guys did a great job uh sitting back in zones and Vinny didn't know where to throw the football he was very very confused he was also very confused in the early stage of his pro career um I'll say this in a very respectful way, being able to see the field and being able to understand and giving him a lot on his plate was not a real strength of Vinny's. He was not what you'd call the most cerebral guy I've ever been around now because he stayed in the league a long time and he worked fairly diligently yeah. at the back end of his career. You know, Bill had him in Cleveland and, you know, he got a little bit better, you know, so you go through the jets and all the times he put, he, did manage to play in a role starter backup for a long time. And the longer he was in the league, the better he got at recognizing things. But in today's world, he would have been out of the league. Oh, absolutely. In three years because it's like he really struggled from the neck up seeing he things. He Paxton Lynch. Yeah, you know, and, and so he's and – he, and he grew up as a big – pocket guy, strong arm guy. And, you know, he had athletic ability, but not athletic ability that we see in quarterbacks today. And because the quarterbacks are more athletic, because at the high school level, at the college level, they're utilizing them, they're utilizing their yep. feet. And so that's, that's kind of how the game is changing. And it's an example that if you can stay around the league a long time as a backup and learn and go through different systems and, do, and don't have to be put out in a, in a risky situation, you can, you can learn more, and when you're asked to play, you can be more effective, which is why oftentimes you see a guy on his second and third stop may not be great, but he may be better, sometimes appreciably better than he was in his first or second can, stop. I want to ask you something. If, I, if I'm not remembering correctly, go, no, Chuck, that's not what I thought. If I'm remembering back in the darn old draft, you might have liked him more than any of the real first-round you know, quote mm -hmm. first-round quarterbacks. Obviously, Jets was a hard situation and dysfunction, no talent, whatever else. Um, what is your evaluation? Because I always, I always love to look back and go, 
what did we get right about Matt Ryan? What did we get wrong about Matt Leinart? Um, you know, what is there a common thread? And it's always quarterbacks. It's so much fun to go back and look. What were we thinking before the draft about Vince Young that we were wrong about? What, what, what about in this case? Well, Sam, I thought, had really good physical skills, and I thought that he was a gunslinger at USC because he had to be turning the football over a bunch, which I did, which I did not like and was concerned about. But I also knew that he kind of had to bail that team out because that team was not yeah. particularly well coached, and he had to kind of you know, put the team on his back and make a bunch of big plays. And I thought in a situation um, that he would have been better prepared to be developed. But again, as you mentioned, bad team bad surroundings um in yet carolina uh better but not good uh and you know i i think he's an example of somebody that has struggled to develop and grow i you know have not spent time with him so i don't know in terms of what his work ethic and things are but i still think there is enough there in terms of you know the ability to learn willingness to do so to be someone that's going to get you know a uh, more time to maybe find that yeah. situation, but he has not progressed as I thought he would um, to this point yet. You never know, depending on where they go, you take the same player and put them in a better situation. You got better results. And that's often has a lot to do with it. It's a lot to do with the success that Mac uh, Jones had last year is where he went and the team around them. And I think uh, bad teams um, can make a quarterback look really bad. Chris, we're going to take a break, come back, jump uh, back on the field and hit some hot spots uh, ahead of spring practice for a few teams. We're going to take a break. Back with Chris Landry. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. It's Wednesday on the Chuck Oliver Show. Hour one means we're talking to best in the business. I give this man money for his opinions. That's how good he is. Uh, oh, and it's almost time to re-up in a couple of months ahead of the draft every year. LandryFootball.com is the website, and uh, you have a fair chance of if you go to LandryFootball.com, there may be some sort of discount or deal going. Maybe there's not, but maybe there is. Chris, tell everybody if they join what to get. There is. They've got a scouting season sale, and you get everything from NFL draft, NFL free agency, the breakdowns, team needs, salary cap situations, target players, who they might 
lose, release, acquire, all of that good stuff on the NFL side, college side. We're doing a lot of things, obviously, in our notebooks every day, keeping up to date on the class of 2023 and beyond in recruiting. Uh, we're doing features right now. Uh, I've got something that I've worked on position by position, the best players um, by position in college football going into the class of 2022. Now that we've pretty much got the transfer portal Eh, pretty much settled, although for the time being. And then, of course, the, in the notebooks every day, all the latest information going on there as well. But recruiting, college football player, team analysis all year long, and then obviously the NFL stuff, which includes the draft. So it's one-stop shopping football. It's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So, yes, take advantage of the scouting season offer. You can try it out for a month if you want, but the best deal is that uh, yearly uh, scouting season offer. College football has always been a sport where you're just as likely to have three or four or five running backs as maybe a plow horse, but uh, that certainly is way more in vogue now. Uh, so I can't say who's going to be the lead dog in Gainesville. What will the rushing attack in Gainesville look like? You know, to be determined, uh, basically what what I know what Billy wants it to be, and I think fairly quickly it's going to be a lot of emphasis on some downhill run game and play action stuff, but with some mixed in RPO, some zone read, the backs are going to have an integral part. Uh, toughness, physicality, all of the backs that he's had at ULL were tough guys that really do a good job with, um, you know, contact, uh, body control, um, and the ability to be able to get positive yards uh, after contact and, and really good with avoidance yards. Uh, so I think it'll be a very effective and very integral part of what they try to do. Elijah McGuire, am I remembering correctly? He was one of his maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, very good one, yes. And tough, 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 tough. Exactly what you're saying is a touchdown machine. Um, tell me what the ground game will look like in Athens because, I mean, it's the same pedigree, four-star, five-stars everywhere, but it is a changing cast. Yeah, the offensive line, I think, has got a chance to be really good in Athens this year, and I do think the running game is always going to be a staple of what they do. I know maybe much to the chagrin of some of their fans that want to open it up, and what I think the key for them is always going to be about establishing the line of scrimmage, and if they can do anything to augment you know, with a little bit more explosiveness off the play-action game, that is fundamentally what they are. They don't run play-action all the time, but their offense is based off play-action. So even when they go to some spread stuff, it's all based upon the fact that you better defend the run because they are willing and able to run the football at all times, and most of their big plays come and are born out of the run game and play-action that creates – the matchups and coverages. Um, now, you know, one of the things that'll be interesting to see is when they get behind, not that they get behind a whole lot, only one time this past yeah. year, when they get behind, can they run two minute offense as effectively? That's going to be interesting to see how this will develop. Cause I do think this team is going to have a lot of transition, obviously a new offensive line coach, which is not a surprise, maybe a surprise to a lot of folks. It's not a surprise to Kirby. Uh, he asked uh, Matt Luke to think about it for a while. This is something that Matt approached him about uh, right at the end of the season after the championship game. Um, so I think, look, they're in good position. Uh, they've got some coaching changes. The defense will certainly have an effect, as you know, on the, on the, on the ground game offensively. Um, but that I, I, I don't worry a whole lot about it. Is it going to be elite level like it has been? I, I think it'll be very good. And we'll start from there. 
Adrian Peterson ruined it for a lot of running backs. Uh, I think it was, if I remember, it's Christmas Eve, and he tears two ligaments in his knee, and then nine months later, he embarks on a 2,000-yard MVP season. And we're like, okay, that's normal. That's not normal. Tell me what you think you saw from Marshawn Lloyd last year at South Carolina because he was coming back from – and it takes it still takes a year for some kids and then maybe a year on the field. Not everybody jumps back as the NFL MVP. It's all about the rehab, and it's all about your body's ability to handle the rehab and the shape you're in prior to the surgery because rarely is that surgery – messed up you know what i mean i mean you don't hear about it much but i mean it's it's just it's pretty mechanical but it's all about again what type of shape are you going in and coming out of it that'll determine how quickly up to speed you can be it's just it's i think one of the the way we do the arthroscope and go in that way is maybe one of the i don't know certainly top two or three best inventions that have ever hit football because prior to that you cut through ligaments and oh, t- uh, muscles and tendons and it was two years before you even had a chance hey, can i take tommy nobus i don't know if you ever talked to tommy no he told me I one time he's like there's a phrase they used to use called exploratory surgery he's like if your knee hurt he's like let's just cut you open dig around see what we find well and a lot of times they didn't even do that because they knew once you did it, that oh, yeah. might be the end of your career yeah. because it was play with it. It was a problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, even in shoulders, you know, one of the best, one of the best quarterbacks that never was, was a guy by the name of Greg Cook who played the university of yeah. Cincinnati in the late sixties. He played an entire season yep. with a rotator cuff injury. They didn't know it was a rotator cuff injury. He not only played, he was the MVP of the league as a rookie doing it. But when they went in, it was so bad, and he couldn't even lift his shoulder at the end of the year. They realized he's gotten a rotate, and it was ruined, and, and nothing they could do at that point. But it's modern technology, and so to the point of what can you expect, it is very individualistic, and it is not just – it is part of how hard do you work, you know, preparing your body for the surgery, meaning how do you strengthen your muscles around it so that you can absorb the rehab – a little bit more vigorously than others. So that's what Adrian Peterson did. He was in such phenomenal God gifted shape and he such was such a hard worker that he could absorb it and could do more stuff quicker in the rehab and that's why it was record pace. Other guys can't do it. Yep. Other guys yep. don't have the pain right. tolerance and other guys are not as built like him all right chris uh, we got like 30 seconds tell everybody again landryfootball.com go there and they get it all don't they absolutely get it all get all the breakdowns who are the best uh, edge defenders in college football check it out today interior defensive line you got it free agency college notebook we got it all for you and we'll be live every single day dynamic updated information almost real time from indianapolis next week brother appreciate it we'll do it again in two weeks thank you buddy take care all right chris landry landryfootball.com uh, that's what it is, man. Adrian Peterson, like, okay, that's normal. And so it's not, and it's still not normal a decade later. Uh, the idea that it's, it's a year before you can get back and then it might be a year of playing before you get back. That's more normal. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. 
Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.